0: Welcome to Seek Outside Podcast. Today we are chatting with international hitchhiker and Bitcoin revolutionary Adam Gardner. Hey, this is Kevin with the Seek Outside Podcast. Today we have guest Adam Gardner. Adam is a hitchhiker, a backpacker, um, and he's had a lot of interesting adventures and traveled to a lot of interesting places. He's a little different than a standard guest because he's not necessarily a gearhead, not necessarily anything like that. He's also been doing this a really long time and so we're going to get into some of his interesting stories. How you doing Adam? Great, thanks for having me. So, um, one thing we're going to change up, how can people find you online? Um, Instagram, etc.
1: You can find my Instagram Or my Twitter, at Adam O. Gardner,
0: G-A-R-D-N-E-R. Okay. So, one of the things, just kind of a, I don't want to say a word of caution, but Adam is not necessarily like one of those Instagram people who is trying to monetize it and get 10 million followers or anything like that. At least to my knowledge, it's relatively real content it's not really sugar-coated a whole lot, and a lot of times there's interesting stories to go with that. Now, how I met Adam, we met several years ago. Yeah, um, about five or six. Yeah, a mutual friend of mine picked you up hitchhiking. Yes. And then you came over, and we just started talking about some of your adventures. Mm-hmm. And, and likewise, yours. Yeah, and exactly. I felt like we had a lot in common. Yeah, exactly. So... You've been across the U.S. countless times. You've been Mexico, Central America, South America, Europe, Morocco, just all these super interesting places. Um, How did you get into, give us a little history of how you got into, hey, I'm just going to hitch and start. Well, I was 19 and,
1: um, you know, just being a kid, confused scared you know, not sure what the future held and uh, well long story short I had a I had a, an experience on LSD um, it seemed to have given me this wonderful sense of being at home in the universe like mm-hmm. perfectly comfortable something I've never felt before um, and uh, like a blank slate. On which to write the rest of my life. And I was trying to figure out what to do with it later that afternoon. I felt like my life had changed, and my friend suggested I hitchhike because we were into, you know, the Grateful Dead and, you know, Jack Kerouac and the Beatniks and, you know, things like that. And uh, it just seemed like a good idea. It rang with me. So uh, we left the next day, me and my friend Mike. And uh, he lasted about six days before he called for a bus from his mom, and uh, I kept going. We hitchhiked down from New Jersey to Florida, and uh, we made it out of New Jersey on the first day to Virginia. And it was going to rain, and somebody suggested a homeless shelter, and so like all of this stuff started happening. Like so, I spent my first night in a homeless shelter on a cot. Right. And it did rain, and uh, we had to get up at five because I was part of the stipulation of spending the night there. This was in Lorton, West or Lorton, Virginia, and uh, that's that's how it got started. Next day we ended up in uh, Richmond, in a bad neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And uh, somebody had drove by and told us, like, we were in the wrong neighborhood, and we had already figured that out. And uh, fortunately, we escaped that. And the story just goes for 27 years, one thing after another.
0: Just one thing and... After another. Now, your buddy turned around. You kept going. What did you feel like, say, a couple weeks into it? Did you just feel this... Like, this is my calling, this is, um, I'm insanely comfortable in this environment, or did you doubt yourself? No, a couple, a couple weeks into it, I had made it back
1: to New Jersey. Okay. With a little more money than I started with. And how'd that end up? Um, I honestly couldn't tell you how I ended up with more money than I started with. Um, I can tell you my ride home was all the way, I had one ride all the way to New Jersey from Florida. was with a New Jersey wild man, a truck pulls over, um, leaves big trenches in the dirt. I mean, he like hit the brakes so hard. I thought his truck was going to jackknife and I, i run up to it on the, on 95, Interstate 95. And, uh, you know, he's like, come on in, going in and says New Jersey wild, wild man right on his mirror visor. Right. Okay. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to New Jersey. Right. Great ride. And, uh, about 10 minutes into the, the drive, he goes, you mind if I slip into my birthday suit? <laughs> 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 and you know, there I was first time out hitchhiking. Now I'm by myself cause my friend had just left.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Um, Ryan was some naked dude. Well, not yet. I had to give him permission and I did. <laughs> but the whole ride, my eyes did not go past a certain point on, and I could see in the corner of my eye, like he's slipping out of his shorts, you know? And he never came on to me. The whole, the whole ride up, he never came on to me. He put his shorts on for the inspection stations or the truck stops refueling. Um And he drove a lot. And I think he drove the whole way pretty much nonstop. I don't remember stopping to sleep. But he kept inviting me to use his bed in the back, which I didn't. And so there I am, middle of the night, I'm falling asleep. And he's got his CB just cranked all the way up. And it kept cracking on and, like, waking me up. Like, it was very loud. It was, I'll never forget it. I, and I was very tired, and I didn't want to go to the back because he was naked. And, but then, you know, we got to New Jersey. At one point, we stopped for a meal. He bought me a meal, which was nice. But, yeah, he never came on to me, he never creeped me out. Yeah. Like, you know, I think he
0: was just the nudist. And, uh, yeah, that was that. I, li- I lived with my cousin for a while, and he was a truck driver. Uh-huh. Um, and I went out on a couple road trips with him, and he used to um in the middle of the night to keep going, he would turn on punk rock music as loud as he could. Uh-huh. Uh, he would roll down the windows so it was cold and yeah. he would drink grapefruit juice and then he'd get on the c b and start messing with prostitutes <laughs> uh, you know, just yeah just shit talk yeah just shit talk with <laughs> prostitutes. And stuff like that. So that was kind of... I didn't realize prostitutes were on the CBs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would be advertising for... And he'd be like, well, I have a 15-year-old boy here that he might be interested. Hmm. uh, Well, I've gotten a ride over the CB from one trucker to another. Oh, really? Yeah. Only once. So how we kind of met this time is I saw on your Instagram you were... Going through Monument Valley, right? Mm-hmm. And you posted about this kid who ran away from Phoenix. Yeah, um, an Indian. Yeah, an Indian with a skateboard mm-hmm. to go visit, and that you kind of taught him how to hitch, and that you, you know, you mentioned something like, well, you know the cars that are are going to pull over or something to that effect.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're all running on vibrations to some extent we we can uh you know spot friend from foe pretty easily mm-hmm. i think and the cars the way they drive they are speaking they're they they have a character their speed if they're speeding up is a, and, and they're just minor mu- nuances you know if a car is intending to pull over It will let off the gas, it will maybe drift a little towards you to get a better, like, just ever so slightly, not at you, but maybe, you know, the cars, you can read the cars and then you can always read the faces behind the windshield if you can see them. And uh, most of the time, they're afraid. Yeah. they're uncomfortable, they're forced to make a decision. They wonder if you smell really
0: bad, if you're crazy.
1: Yeah, they sometimes they make me feel ugly. Yeah. I, so I'll try not to look too much or just wait you know, until I feel good and right. I look up, you know? Or, well, I, I don't really know, but I seem to know and I'm gonna get a ride like, before it's actually completely pulled over to the side of the road. Yeah. And uh, and, and for the people that, you know, they, they're judging me pretty harshly, I don't really want to dance for them. I don't want to give them a show or something to talk to, talk about. I'll see them mouth words like, you're not getting into my car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and things like that. Like, they'll talk to me, and I would rather just not give them that or receive that back from them. So um, really there's a whole slew of courageous and honorable uh, people in the world who they, they know, they pull over and you really don't even have to stick up your thumb. Good, okay. Just the backpack
0: being on the side of the road well, especially waiting, doing your thing, especially if you're in some harsh location like Monument Valley. I mean, right. it's not like there's a convenience store. Every especially if miles. you're walking,
1: I don't, I don't like to hang still, because I, I feel like that's what kind of looks lazy, and you know, I'll never sit on my pack with my thumb out or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and I try not to need a ride. I mean, really, I don't need a ride. You know, when I do it, I want to be just as much there for you as you would want to be for me. You know, um, it's a great pleasure to get in the car of a stranger and get to know them for a little while. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've met the
0: best people that way. Okay. You know, so our they're... mutual friend is one of them. Yeah, 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 exactly. Mm-hmm. And he's had a habit of picking up pitchhikers. Um, yeah, and, I hope he's had good luck with it because you
1: know not not a lot of them are out there for sport and lifestyle.
0: They're out there because they have to be. Yeah, and you just made an important thing there that you're out there for sport and lifestyle. Mm. Um, and to to clarify for the audience, um, Adams pretty into Bitcoin, you know, as a currency. Um, We've talked quite a bit about that. And I wouldn't consider you poor, cash poor. um, Well, I certainly started that way. Yes, you certainly started that way, but you invested a lot of money, or you invested quite a bit in Bitcoin early on, and it's done fairly well for you. So you mentioned something like, Well, now you can stay in a hotel or buy a nice meal.
1: Yeah, and and the future looks comfortable. As I'm getting older, I'm 47. Yeah. Um, I've been thinking about this for a while. Right. Since I basically turned 40. Right. I've, uh, you know, I guess at a certain age you start thinking about retirement and how things are going to go when you're old and you can't move around as much, you know, and, uh, so, you know, I, I, I feel good about the future now. Whereas before I was uncertain and I was just relying on myself. Now I have, uh, a little nest egg for my family and for, you know, my comfort right. when things get tough. Right. So, uh, yeah, I've upgraded my gear a little bit. I've got some nice boots now. and uh, um, I'll get an Uber through an uneventful city. Right. You know, I'm still walking through it for two or three days. Um, and uh, occasionally I'll check into a hotel. I'll be able to get a shower when I need one. Or if it's raining, I can duck out of the rain, you know.
0: Yeah. Now. You recently spent quite a bit of time in Central America, before you came back up to the States. Is mm-hmm. there is there something that helps you choose your location or your destination? Do you just, you know, do a pin the tail on the donkey? You know, uh, thing, or? Be, being out well,
1: being outside, um, I want to have a favorable climate. So, once it turns winter, I'll tend to head south or something to that effect. Um, if I haven't been there before, you know, that's an attraction. Okay. Right? Because that's the unknown. That's, that's where magic happens. Right. You know, outside of the comfort zone where you don't know. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what keeps me going and keeps me directed. I'll, uh go based on what people tell me. Okay. You know, quite frequently. Yeah, if they say this is a good spot,
0: I'll go check it out. Okay. Um Yeah. So, when you were here before, I mean, if I if I misstate anything, um please please correct me. Mm-hmm. But if I recall right, you were robbed in Colombia? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they they
1: found my uh um, well, they found me sleeping.
0: Okay. In the Who's night. That? um
1: a group of kids, teenagers. Okay. And, uh, it was South of Santa Barbara, which is South of Medellin. Okay. And, um, it was up in the mountains. Very, there, there was a village down, down the hill and I was up on the road and There's a statue of the Virgin, and I was getting tired. I was walking. It was already dark. Usually, I know where I'm going to sleep by the time before it's dark. But uh, this time, there wasn't a lot to choose from. Then I saw a spot, and it seemed like, well, maybe the Virgin will protect me. (laughs) But that wasn't the case. The Virgin had a lesson to teach me. Okay. And, uh, And, you know, it was a lesson learned the hard way. You know, not to be too comfortable out there. Okay. You know. So um,
0: what all did they take? They took everything. Your camping gear?
1: I managed to get away with my sandals and a blanket, my sleeping bag wrapped around my shoulders. And while they started to tear through my backpack, finding my cell phone with all my pictures. um, And I had my back to the wall. I had to walk past them. It was very humiliating. Very humiliating. And um, I asked somebody for help. And they put me in a taxi and sent me to Santa Barbara, where I spoke with the Colombian authorities because they had my passport. They even took the glasses off of my face. I
0: mean, so I couldn't see. That had to be pretty scary. It was kind of horrifying. It was horrifying. I
1: would even say I had PTSD for a period afterwards which I knew where I had to get back to if I wanted to live a normal life and not be freaked out by groups of kids. Right. Y- you know what I mean? So that's what I did. I just forced myself to go sleep on the beach after a couple of weeks. You know, I stayed in a hostel in Medellin and, you know, re- re- reconstituted myself. I got new glasses, uh, a new, you know, a little rain jacket and, uh,
0: well, how did you get, how did you... Oh, well, long time,
1: well, let me go back. Uh, the Colombian authorities brought me back to the scene of the crime. And the kids had left my backpack. They left a pair of jeans. You know, um, they left a few things, but they took all my gear and stuff for the most part. So I still had my backpack and stuff. And uh, my wallet. I had my Visa card.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: and I found my passport. Okay. They just left it there.
0: and I. Think that they, was nice of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: I think they did that because they don't want the cops going down in the village, because everybody knows who these kids are that robbed me, you know? Okay. Yeah, it's a small world, you know? In fact, I tried to get the cops, hey, let's go get the rest of my stuff, and they were not having it. Okay. We're not
0: going down in that village, so...
1: That's how it went.
0: Did you did you have a phone and stuff then? Like a cell phone or Yeah, a lot of good pictures
1: of my uh, trip up, you know. I had uh,
0: Yeah, had an interesting trip the whole way down. So so I'm gonna I lost ask some, all that content. I'm gonna ask some stupid questions and sound like a dumb tourist, right? Yeah, right. Um, was there <laughs> any remnants of Pablo Escobar? Um yeah. What you ran into down there?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Oh, yeah? Like um, what? The whole place resonates
1: with cartel, civil war, drugs. Um, it resonates with it. The, Colombia is the craziest country I've ever been to next to Mexico, 20 something years ago. Um, Mexico's changed a lot, I would say. Colombia's probably maybe a little but they're totally different colors of crazy. Okay uh, explain. Well, uh well, yeah, that's a that's a hard one to explain. You really need to submerge yourself in it. Um I feel like the police in Mexico were not your friends. The police in Colombia, they were kids.
0: You they had, were kids? You, you
1: had power over the police in colombia but you do not have power over the police in mexico okay okay um for example i i, I took a, a one of the best rides i ever had was seven hours i was picked up somewhere in the north of uh, colombia and driven down to medellin into antioquia and he explained all about colombia and you know the fabric of their society and some of the, the history and where we were going, and how Medellin is the heart of Colombia. And he was explaining all of this very interesting stuff. And uh, we get to a roadblock with some soldiers, and they're looking at us, telling us to stop. And he says, fucking cops, and hits the gas and blasts right through this stop. <laughs> And I'm like, and I, I turn around, and uh, the cop just turns around and catches the guy coming in another direction, past us, and stops him instead, and lets us go. And I, I was just really impressed by that because I had never seen anything like. If we did that in the United States, there would be a helicopter,
0: yeah, high speed depo- chase. yeah, deployed, all those things, yeah, right.
1: yeah, and, you, you and just, yeah. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, so I I would say that's, like, one of the big
0: differences there as far as... So when you do these trips, like, you've also said you've to Argentina, uh-huh. Peru, all those. No, not Peru. Oh, no, not Peru. Chile, Paraguay. Okay. Brazil. Okay. Do you just pick a spot and fly into from the United States, or do you hitchhike down there and cross border after border yeah
1: well uh you know uh, when, when I went to when I hitchhiked to Colombia, I flew to uh El Salvador to okay. start because I had already been to Mexico twice, okay. and I didn't really want to i I felt like I'd be waiting while I'm hitchhiking through the United States through Mexico, and I don't want to wait because that's just i I'm not really. Doing what I want to do. I'm waiting to do what I want to do. Right. Which is get to somewhere I haven't been before. You know. So, uh, I flew down to El Salvador. And I started from there. Oh, and really? I picked El Salvador because it's just, like, totally unknown. You know, I know something. I saw Salvador, the movie. Which yeah. is horrifying horrifying uh, account of events from the 80s, you know. With our, you know, our... Uh, affairs down there in Central America.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, yeah, so I just started there and went down there back and forth between a few of the countries. Okay. um, Yeah, I made some good friends on the way. And uh, yeah, and then up through Guatemala and up through Mexico and back up into the United States.
0: You must have quite the friend network, the worldwide friend network. Uh, it, that's uh, that's the best part about it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So you, you just, know, you, you can build
1: trails across the world with waypoints of people who appreciate you and are friends of yours. Oh, okay.
0: and yeah, it's nice. So you just, you were in Central America for what, a couple years recently? It, well, on and off. On and off. I, I probably spent about three years there. Oh yeah. Um I recall, um, I was reading uh the Wayland book, um, On Your Own in the Wilderness. Okay. And he talks about how cool the basically backpacking survivability stuff is in South America or in Central America.
1: The tropics are
0: extremely harsh. Really? Yeah. Um,
1: everything's got a defense mechanism. Everything's dirty. You know, everything's super sized. Are monkeys robbing you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the Asian monkeys are the ones that rob you. Oh yeah. Yeah, the monkeys. Uh, they they don't cause any kind of problems
0: down in Central America. Okay, so are you doing any anything out in the mountains on your own? And stuff in South America or in Central America or you primarily stay Yeah, in I'm not doing I'm not friends.
1: Well the 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 park systems in other countries uh-huh. are not like the park systems in the United States from my experience the few that I've been to. Okay. Um you you have a we have a special ability to roam. You know, even though we may not be permitted to, there's a lot of space. In the U.S., you mean? In the U.S. Okay. And uh, Central America is very small. When you go to the, the parks, you, you're you contained Okay, more so. And this is just my experience, and it's not conclusive, you know. Um, there's plenty of forests and, and volcanoes and things that you can climb in Central
0: America, but. People don't spend the energy doing it. They have to walk. Oh, well, I don't know. They, they have to walk three hours to the road as uh, though. Well, no, no,
1: there's tourism, tourism is robust yeah. down there. Okay. So you've got shuttles and you've got, you know that. And, and I guess that, that's what I'm talking about is like the industry, the tourism industry is so robust, it's hard to escape. Okay. Right. Whereas here it's easy to escape. And you can still see the best things in the world. You can see the most amazing geographical formations ever and not have a tour guide. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um Yeah, I would say that's the that's the big difference between here and there. But so in, in short I spend most of my time on the road in civilization. And with friends when I'm down there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Uh, rather than going into the back country because the back country is extremely inhospitable. Okay. I mean, if you want to be very uncomfortable and miserable, that's the place to go. Okay. (laughs) With altitudes, you know, you'll you'll cool off up on the volcanoes and stuff for sure.
0: Yeah. But But, what about, like, say, Argentina? Uh, How is that? Argentina is the most barren
1: land. I've ever crossed. You know, you can cross the desert in the United States and you see things Pe- like people bring things out to the road, whether it's a sign or, you know, a little stand or, or something like that. Right. Um, in Mexico, for example, it's even more so like you'll cross the desert and people will set up fruit stands and whatever they have to sell and because the market's a little more free here where you have to get a license and, you know, barriers of entry to into the market, you have to, uh, maybe you don't get as many fruit stands, but you still do see signs of civilization, road work, things like that. It's out there in the desert. Right. In uh, Argentina, I learned very fast do not walk out into the desert because there's nothing to walk to until you get a ride. Oh, really? You know, so your water will run out. Yeah, and you will die. You know, um, unless you get a ride. And somehow I've always gotten a ride, so.
0: So, so one comment I heard you make. um Sorry, I lost my train of thought on that one. No, it's fine. Um, But one comment I heard you make was basically that uh, things will find you, that the universe kind of takes care of you Yeah, in, well, in that regard. In,
1: in order, like, that, that, this was the greatest discovery of my life, but I was broke and a kid. Right. Now I'm not broke, and I appreciate my comfort but when I was a kid and I first started, I didn't have any money and I was hitchhiking. So I, I couldn't exert my will. And what I kind of learned is that your will goes one way and the current of life goes another way. Like a dead fish can't swim upstream. Right. Right. But that's a bad analogy because it's kind of like a dead fish is still dead. You know, but right. what, if, what about a fish that just
0: coasted with the water? Where does that water go? It's
1: it goes gonna to go a, into a bigger an ocean.
0: It's going to go into a bigger fish's mouth at some point. Right, <laughs> or, or
1: a giant sea with coral reefs and everything you want in the universe, you know? Okay. Um, or whatever, and, and that's just kind of like, that's what it was. It was enlightening to not be able to exert my will and buy comfort when I needed it. And it was like the universe would just step in one thing after another, one moment after another, and just provide beyond my wildest dreams and hopes and
0: expectations. And uh, that's really what kept me going. So was it kind of freeing then? That you're like you know it's all going to work out. You don't spend a lot of time worrying about the minutia of little things. You you just say, "Yeah, this is this is going to work out." It it might be hailing on me now, and there's nobody around, but it's going to work on a couple hours. You know, and it's no. going to look bright. No, not quite. Um.
1: Maybe, maybe a little. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I'm not nearly in the same state of mind as I was then.
0: You know, now,
1: like I said, I like my comfort. Yeah. So I'll make it work out. Okay. I'll throw some energy at my problems, right? Call an Uber. (laughs) Yeah i'll I'll absolutely throw in energy or you know put my raincoat on if it starts to hail, right you know, predict the weather right you know, things like that um I've always done that. You still have to take care of yourself, yeah you still have to exert energy, but I think but when I didn't have money, I couldn't exert my energy stupidly, like in a gas station buying snicker bars yeah you know just because I, I crave some sugar or something right you know it was like you let go of those little things yeah you know? and uh yeah, and then the snicker bars start raining from the sky well it's
0: <laughs> some of that's a little bit similar to more of the wilderness backpacking in a way right or the longer hikes and things like that in that It's hard to control every little variable, right? You can prepare for for the little variables, Mm -hmm. but I've gotten frustrated if I've went out with people. Just let's just say on a pack rafting trip, right? And if someone's like, "I need to know where we're going to camp every night,"
1: or I got to tie my shoe, yeah, and and
0: slows the whole group down. You know, and I just don't know where we're going. I don't know enough about it. It's a, it's. Fifty or seventy-five miles of river that I've never been on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't. I don't know any more than you. I know we're going to stick a boat in the river, and we're going to figure it out. Right. Um, as we get going down that. So, yeah, it's 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 kind of a neat, neat concept. Yeah, uh, I like it. Yeah. It so keeps your edge. Yeah. yeah. Now, since. Since we initially met, you've gotten into doing more wilderness backpacking, mm-hmm. right? So you don't necessarily just hitchhike from. But pretty much, I started
1: both right as before I met you.
0: Yeah. I had done a big piece
1: of the Colorado Trail, and that was and the Black Canyon, mm-hmm. and uh, that was really my first forays into the, out, the backcountry. Okay. Because I got a water to filter. Yeah. and it just automatically like instantly increased my capacity and I didn't plan a, like an excursion through the backcountry I just had a water filter and was able to go into it and ended up in it and right. had the best time. Climbed to Mount Elbert not knowing it was the tallest peak in Colorado <laughs> much to my chagrin at the time but the view was spectacular mm-hmm. um, the run down out of the storm was horrifying. Oh, yeah. That's how I
0: got into trail running, it was <laughs> running from storms above Timberline.
1: Yeah. But no, I love the way I feel very small when I climb onto the top of the mountain.
0: Oh, you do? Very it, far away. It really puts you in, uh, it really kind of puts things into perspective, mm-hmm. just how small we are as a part of this, there's other landscapes too like um, the Arctic landscape when I did a trip in the Arctic. I think it was twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen it was oh, yeah. it was really something that how'd you get there how did i i flew oh. I, I didn't hitchhike <laughs> right. I flew and then drove and then rode we got i flew into Fairbanks and we drove about twelve hours north of Fairbanks. Wow. Do uh, you have uh, snowmobiles
1: or anything like that? No, I
0: mean okay. it. W- it wasn't snowy. Oh. um it was in August. It was oh, still okay. twenty four hours of daylight. Um, and then we put boats in the river, you know, and came out a week later, kind of somewhere else. And and the boats in the river are a little more like. well, I'm not a big, I'm not a big boater. I'm not an expert pack crafter or any of that. They are a little more like the whole universe thing. You you control things a little less um, in the river because you don't necessarily control the flow of the water. Right. You know? Um, where if you're walking you exert more control mm-hmm. uh, on the specifics. Where you stop, how you stop. Yeah, exactly. On your pace, your timing, all of those things. Yeah. You know. So how long do you plan on keeping doing this? Uh, until
1: my legs work, until my legs stop working. Okay. I mean, things happen. I get pulled off for a little while here and there. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't see myself building a business or getting into a routine for any long period of time. Yeah. Um, nothing makes me more unhappy than.
0: Circling around every day or every week. Then standing in a manufacturing line. And counting a in, paycheck. And counting the plastic pieces that you've inspected that come off of the machine. Yeah, whatever,
1: whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I was building homes for yeah. a while. And uh, man, that was a great job. That's every kid's dream. We're playing with construction paper, blocks, climbing around on a giant jungle gym, which is yeah. house framing. I mean, who doesn't want to do that? right here uh-huh, yes. <laughs> not every day I lo- I love the work mm-hmm. I just don't want it to be my lifestyle my yeah. life you know I don't I just don't see the point
0: yeah now last night we were having a couple uh a couple drinks and you were telling us a bit about Uh-oh. Morocco <laughs> yeah it sounds like Morocco was almost... Over hospitality. Like it was almost hard to not go to someone's house and be invited in. Yeah, I mean,
1: I I figured out real fast, do not accept hospitality until the end of the day. Or I won't get anywhere. And it it was true. Uh, All day long, people would pull over, invite me to their home. And not just for the coffee or something, but to stay and be a guest. And, And... learn and share with them and uh man it was really really eye-opening because you know i never quite seen anything like that you know um in europe and mexico yeah like i have received hospitality all around the world but not where they would pull over at the same time and lovingly fight with each other over who gets the privilege of having me in their car. You know, which is what happened
0: (laughs) when I was there. That's a definite change from the United States uh, on hitchhikers. Yeah. So Um,
1: There was another really nice area, and uh, my my friends from uh, Bosnia, We'll, we'll know what I'm talking about because I met them here, and uh, I was turned away at, at the border into Serbia on a country road, and they told me I had to go up to the main border crossing, and it was a dirt road up a mountain that went maybe 50 or 60 or something miles, and uh, I could, every house I walked by on this dirt road invited me for lemonade. Really? Yeah. I mean, every single house, and they were all like new because they'd all been destroyed in the war. They were all right along the border. So all the roofs were new and rebuilt. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have they just been destroyed
0: by weather? Or, or? No, they
1: were destroyed by the war. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and that, that was interesting traveling in the, uh, the former Yugoslavia, hearing about how it broke up. Between Croatia and Bosnia and Serbia and Kosovo and
0: all of that, yeah. And each place had their own version of events. Oh, so it was like it was like it was like if uh, the telephone game where the story changes a little bit from one to the next. Yeah, it's
1: like getting the getting the current events from the libertarians, Democrats, and Republicans. You know, like every. Factions got a different spin on what happened. In their case, it was their nationalist spin, the way history was taught. But I could easily see quickly that they were each taught a different spin.
0: Different history.
1: When I was in Sarajevo, a very neat city, you can see the ridgeline all the way around you. Where, pretty much wherever you stand in the city, if there's not a building, you can see the mountains and it's a complete panorama, 360 degrees. And one of the, one of the people that were living there, he explained how Serbia, for three years, had the ridge line over there mm. and was just artillerying the city for three years, having the really? high ground. And completely surrounded Sarajevo. Can you imagine being below artillery for three years? I, 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 t- I said, it. I can't even imagine. It. And the, the kid was like, No, you really can't.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that doesn't sound like uh, fun.
1: But it didn't look war torn.
0: It didn't? No. No. The city? I mean, did. But did that had to affect looked... the psyche of the people there at some level yeah you know I imagine so yeah I just I wonder how like I, it was still fresh yeah
1: every country was talking about it oh yeah yeah and uh I had a nice uh experience in uh I guess it was Croatia maybe it was uh, you know I, I really I think it was Croatia I gotta go, I gotta get, him, I, gotta get him. I gotta go back and, uh, relearn all, all, you know, my memory it fails me. Oh, yeah. And that worries me. I should probably record some of that stuff more. <laughs> 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 but I had a nice tour for a day. Yeah. With Voice kids. notes on
0: your phone. Yeah. Or, or shoot a it vid- selfie video.
1: Well, I kept a journal in
0: the beginning, but it yeah. stopped. You could use Instagram as like a photo journal or a little video. They yeah, kind of do that now. You do, yeah. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I think when I when I post that, I think of my uh, grandchildren and great grandchildren. Yeah. Not so much like, you know, people today. But I I just want my family to know where their bitcoins came from. <laughs> yeah. Know, and you know maybe tell stories about their great great
0: grandpa. Yeah. How he broke all the rules and. And just hitchhiked all over the world. Yeah. You know we we have a we have a employee um, that he was in the Israeli army. He hitchhiked all over Russia and all sorts of stuff. He's a super interesting guy as well, mm-hmm. right? Just just the stories of all that stuff. So now on this trip, I know you've went through. First off, let's talk a little bit about gear. You you definitely seem to favor gear differently than, say, the ultralight backpacker. The ultralight backpacker is like, I'm cutting weight, I'm hiking in the mountains or desert. And they for, got
1: water dripping off their nose as soon as it's raining.
0: Well, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. You know, what, what you can have some pretty long water hauls mm-hmm. in some of those sections. I think on the PCT, there's a spot that it's, around 30 miles uh, on the CDT um, down by Mexico I had a spot that was 20 plus miles without water huh. um, so and literally I didn't want to carry that much water so I was like I'm making the 21 miles right. today to the next water source whether, oh, yeah. whether I like it or not uh-huh. You know, even though I got a little blister brewing right. you know I'm making it you know um, but like So your kit's probably a fair amount heavier. Yeah, it's a
1: little heavy, especially when I have the food and water. Yeah. Um, I like wool. Yeah. I mean, I stand by it 100%, so it's a little heavier. Not for insulation so much, but, you know, I like a nice wool sweater. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And uh, I like army gear. Like the Gore Tex Parka yeah. and the, the you know, the cold weather parka. Fantastic. What a nice piece of equipment. So it's so rugged and useful and uh, keeps you dry, keeps you warm. Yeah. You know, it cools off, it's got vents, it's got pockets, yeah and it, it's like really it's just durable. Yeah. You know? And uh, yeah, I mean that's one of my and it's heavy. You know, it's one of my best pieces of equipment, but it's heavy.
0: So, this year, you hiked across the Kaibab Plateau. Yeah. And then through the Grand Canyon. Yeah, three Selsberg. days
1: across Kaibab, two days across the canyon, rim to rim. Yeah. Was, I almost made it in one day, but, and I was, uh, my body was traumatized. Like, I was shaking when I stopped and the and I stopped pretty early, earlier than I usually do, a few hours before sunset, and, uh, yeah, I think my, like, I just started like, my body, my muscles just started to shake. And I just curled up in my sleeping bag and rested it out. But I'll tell you, I love it. I love that feeling, being completely exhausted. Right. You know, at the end of the hike, at the end of the day, and then laying down for the night. Yeah. Like, nothing beats that. It's so nice.
0: So now, you went across... <clears throat> The rim to rim, right, mm-hmm. and was the north rim open or was it still closed?
1: It was. It opened the next day. I got there the night before.
0: It opened. Was that intentional or was that just? Yeah, it was kind years? of
1: intentional. The timing was good. I I I got to the road that was closed, where it was closed up at uh, something lake, a little mm-hmm. gas station or whatever, and uh, it was the entry into the park of the north rim. And uh I I just did my calculation, like I can hike starting tomorrow and I get there the night before and uh, that should be pretty neat uh the canyon to myself. I didn't. There were other backpackers there, oh, yeah, lots of which backpackers. which is great.
0: You know. Yeah. Besides so some nice company. You and, could have stayed in you could have stayed in one of those lodges down at the bottom. Uh you could have been like Had a meal set up at Phantom Ranch. You could have been living like a king. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's what everybody said I needed to have that
1: in order to go down. I've been told that for years. You can't go down unless you have a permit and stuff like that. Well, I showed them otherwise.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, So then you got through the Grand, right? Yeah, and just hitchhiked right on to Flagstaff.
1: No, no, oh, right to,
0: back around to Flagstaff? Uh, not back around. I
1: hadn't gone there
0: yet. Oh, you hadn't? Yeah, okay. No, not this year. Okay.
1: Right. Yeah. So I can't. Like, uh, I I flew to Denver. Right. Right to hike the Continental Divide, but the snow was too deep. It's so still I. Still sp- pretty deep. Yeah, yeah. So I spent a few weeks touring Utah. And after Zion, the route just brought me right to the Grand Canyon. Okay. So that was in the way. I, <laughs> I had to go through it. Right. Yeah. Or just hitchhiking. I don't like going backwards when I'm hitchhiking. Yeah. I like to keep pushing forward. Um, yeah. So, so I just hooked around Flagstaff and then up through the reservation. Okay. Monument Valley was closed much to my chagrin.
0: Well, a lot of the Navajo stuff has been, they yeah. were really hit hard by COVID. So. Seems like, uh, yeah, they're really locked down. Yeah, they're, they're extremely cautious. When I went to the Gila in February, mm-hmm. they were, uh, you know, you could, only like three people could go in a convenience store at a time uh-huh. and stuff like that. Um, so they, they closed off one entrance of every convenience store so they can control how many people were in and out. Hmm. and stuff like that. So they're but I mean they were they were hit so hard. Um cool. So what are your other plans um this year?
1: Uh well, I wanted to hike up to you tell me. Give me some good ideas. <laughs> you know, I There's mean... There's nothing wrong I'm, with Continental Divide or Colorado Trail. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's basically where I'm heading. But, I'm, you know, I'm wide open for suggestions yeah. and adventure and romance. You yeah. You know? Um, and, you know, sky's the limit. Okay. You know? I just... Uh, want to have the best possible life and set the best possible example.
0: Yeah. Now, I think there's probably too much snow, mostly, on the Continental Divide, Colorado Divide-Colorado Trail. Mm. So I might but, need to find something else to do for uh, a few weeks. No, I think if you go to the Denver end, Yeah. Yeah, that starts lower. Uh-huh. Um, I think you can get a few weeks. Uh, going north? At, go Going, well, if you do the Colorado Trail... Right. Um, and the Colorado, and I don't know if you want to do Continental Divide or Colorado. Um, okay, wait. So I, I'm confused.
1: I thought the Colorado Trail was the continent or it shares
0: it. They share like, it for about 200 miles and then they deviate. Okay. So. So
1: pretty much from like Turquoise Lake South, it's sharing.
0: Yeah, for in, in the Sawatch and through the smoke, through close to through over to Stony Pass area in Colorado they're sharing and then the Continental Divide goes through the Weminuche, and into New Mexico and the Colorado Trail goes over to Durango um, Okay. now the Gila is probably sweetened in down in southern New Mexico mm-hmm. um, from the whole New Mexico part is probably good Maybe the northern New Mexico part of the Continental Divide. I
1: don't really mm-hmm. have much interest in doing New Mexico section of that.
0: Well, the Gila actually pretty cool. Isn't? It? Yeah, it is. It's it's the largest ponderosa um, forest I believe, and it's got a lot of canyons. There's a lot. And that's of hot, in the
1: south of New Mexico.
0: Yeah, no. and there's a lot of hot springs mm-hmm. as well. Um, so, like the Middle Fork, uh, there's hot springs. Um, six miles in I think oh. um I think called Jones, but there's like when I went to the Gila, mm-hmm. I was just car camping for the most part, but my whole showering strategy was to hike to hot springs oh. um that that was okay. primitive that, or yeah they they they're all prim- primitive i do I think it was Are there
1: crowds around them,
0: yeah, I've never
1: been a Hot Springs. well,
0: spring. I'm sure there's going to be um a fair amount of crowds going through there because it is through hiker season. Right. And it's a good it's a good area for hiking in at this time of year. There's no mm-hmm. snow. And it's probably in the 80s and 50s and uh. stuff like that. Um, but you could, if you wanted to go to the Denver side, a lot of people, I've seen continental divide people. Uh-huh. They usually, oftentimes if they get to Colorado and it's snowy. They'll hitchhike up to Wyoming, oh. uh, and do Wyoming section, mm-hmm. and then they'll come back to Colorado after it melts a little bit. Seems like a lot
1: of friction.
0: Um, you know, like skipping around like that. Yeah, I, I, they're trying. Uh, when they're trying to do the whole thing, they're trying to get it done. Uh, the yeah, big, no, I, the I big challenge is how much snow is in the Northern Rockies uh-huh. and how much snow is in the San Juans. Uh-huh. Those are usually the two spots that. Uh, Give people problems. Uh, but you could, if you want to do the Continental Divide, Colorado, like the Colorado but have 200 miles on yeah. Continental Divide, you could go over to the Denver part and probably get about, you probably could be fine then, and it would give enough time for these mountains to melt out. Hmm. Um, because it would take you probably four weeks to get over into these mountains
1: yeah um I was here in June, and I don't have much problem with the snow, so I think I must have met you around July yeah
0: July. It, it, yeah, it depends on the year and I mean, we just yeah. had like a foot of snow a couple days ago right up high I mean that's probably going to melt out, but there's some pretty good pack in there still um although you probably can get by with um, some traction devices as well and traveling. At the yeah, right it's just path. sinking.
1: Yeah. Sinking uh, <laughs> post tolling in the well, snow is
0: the worst. So basically from Molas especially on a mountain. Yeah. Basically from molass into the Lagaritas. Uh-huh. Um, I forget the name of the trailhead. You're pretty much above tree line the whole time. Uh uh-huh. so I mean it's it's high. Yeah. Um it's that's prob- the best part. It's probably oh. a hundred probably pretty close to 100 miles that are pretty much above treeline. So that's where you're going to have probably your snow issues. But over in the Sawatch probably won't be a big deal. Plus those get a lot of the Denver crowd that does winter mountaineering. Yeah, so they pack the snow down. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They kind of clean it up for you. Yeah. So, well cool, what else you got going on this year?
1: Uh, Well, I'm going to become a grandfather. Yeah. My parents are having their golden anniversary. Awesome. And that's all happening pretty much at the same time. So I'll be taking a trip to uh, do all of that.
0: Okay. And, um, yeah,
1: that's about it.
0: Anything else you want to add before we sign off? No, I mean, you kind of caught me off guard. (laughs) That
1: would have been one to prepare me for it before the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. really? Yeah, no, I, uh,
0: no, I don't think so. I like catching people off guard, right? Because <laughs> because I like that, that's when you see their true. Their no, true I son. like the more real, as real as a podcast, as real and natural as a podcast can get. Uh huh. The better I think there's been times that I think that there's like there's a few guests, um, Steve Opat talking to you, Hal Herring talking to you that I've had probably really good rapports with. Mm-hmm. And, and those people, and I'm not a chatty guy. I can probably talk till... You're a great interviewer. Oh, thanks. Um, but I can just talk and talk and talk with them. And Hal's Hal's an interviewer as well. Mm-hmm. He's a writer and journalist. Um, but I've, I've been worried that... that Like Hal and I went on a sight fishing Day in the scapegoat wilderness one day. Yeah. And we were just shooting it up all day long. Having a good old time. And then we had dinner together. We had some drinks together. I was worried when we did the podcast that we went over everything that was good already. But how, like how, like interviews like Yvonne Shenard from Patagonia. Uh, you know, the guy who founded Patagonia. He interviews a lot of people. So he keeps it interesting. So
1: Cool. Yeah, I mean I would just uh maybe say uh give hitchhiking a try. You know? <laughs> if you're looking for something different in life. Yeah. Um whatever your age, you know. Um yeah, it might might be something or maybe pick up a hitchhiker. Or maybe, yeah. And they might have a real. But interesting but don't story. don't feel sorry for me if you see me because that's not what it's about. I don't need the ride. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. But but you can it's get like you can definitely find some. We're building something together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, awesome! Thank you for coming up. Cool. Thanks.